Hello, horror fans. Welcome back to Selling the Scream, a show about horror movies brought to you by one horror nerd and one horror noob. I'm Jed Donaldson, the aforementioned noob, and leaving the nerd part to be played tonight by uh, Josh. Hey, man, nice shot. Yoakum. How's it going, Josh? It's it's going pretty well. Uh, the, I'm a, I, I take pride in being part of the, the bangy hyenas over here. Well, uh, yeah. Heck yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, how are you? How are you doing? Oh, you know, I'm I'm here. I'm doing the thing. It's, it's exciting <laughs> as always over here. Uh, just sitting in my basement, freezing my toes off, ignoring my children. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the dream. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I don't know. Like I, I, I'm. I, I did my my food crime Thursday. Have I talked about my my food crime Thursday tradition on I, this podcast? I believe we 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 must have at some point. Because I'm trying to get into it. Well, I, uh, so I kind of started this when I moved out to Portland because I I moved from Cincinnati to Portland during 2020, like a great year for building community and getting to oh, know yeah. people and just being real active and <laughs> really so wanted to celebrate. Experiences. Um, so I came up with the idea for uh, Food Crime Thursday, which uh, replaced Thanksgiving, um, and it's it's a little bit less, uh, you know, a celebration of the subjugation of the native peoples of this land, and more a celebration of gluttony. And uh, you you the the idea is there's no limits. It's the Assassin's Creed motto. It's the uh, nothing is true, everything is permitted. Uh, you pick an ingredient and you go hog wild with that ingredient um, and just do the, the most decadent thing you could possibly do. And in past years, I've done uh, pork, peanut butter and garlic. And I know garlic sounds pretty basic, but I I went in on garlic. I went, I went pretty hard. <laughs> um, I, I mean, but I feel like if you're going to go with garlic, you got to go hard on garlic because garlic is so many different things. You really got to make it a star. Yeah, we we made a garlic confit and like that that was uh <laughs> that's nice stuff some meals for a while. Uh, but this year I did French toast. That was the uh which I'm not an egg person, but I love French toast. Just you have to add sugar <laughs> and bread to the equation and all of a sudden I'm okay with eggs. But oh, that sounds was, good to me. <laughs> <laughs> pretty dope. We did like a peanut butter stuffed French toast and uh, strawberries and cream stuffed French toast and then have Monte Cristo's uh, for, for dinner. So uh, pretty dope. I, I am a, I'm a proselytizer for food crime Thursday. So if, you, if you're feeling let down by Thanksgiving traditions, if, if you're tired of Turkey, uh, I, I suggest uh, joining me, joining me in that. <laughs> my, my uh, Thanksgiving traditions lately have been just, depressing old family members getting together and the quality of the food declining rapidly year after year. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> we went yeah. to my grandmother's house this year and um, look, love them to death, but they are getting old and she's just not willing to let go of the reins and she just cannot do it. <laughs> we, we had a bowl of mashed potatoes that was, I don't know, maybe three people could have got a serving out of. <laughs> well, I know your your wife is actually a really good cook. Is, is there like some way you could like 
get grandma out of the kitchen for a moment and then just have like an elite team sneak your wife's into the kitchen to replace your grandma's. I mean, what we have been doing is just sucking it up because they'll be gone eventually. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, we'll we buy our own turkey and do Thanksgiving a couple days later. (laughs) After you throw away all the leftovers. <laughs> Thanksgiving one. Yeah, my my grandmother's starting to. She's she's dealing with a little bit of dementia, and it's. Mm. We had to have a, a conversation about stovetop stuffing like seventeen times in the span of a half an hour, which was fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's uh, what I'm dealing with. <laughs> I guess that's a good time for me to say, like, do we talk about? Both innovative and depressing <laughs> traditions here. Uh, only seasonally. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but what we normally talk about is horror movies, um, specifically ones that Josh has chosen in an attempt to turn me into a fan. Um, I normally say he's doing all right. I still think that's true. So, yeah, yeah. we're going to leave it like that. Uh, today I've we been... got something a little different. Uh, a, it's a foreign film. Uh, yep. Sen- from Senegal, right? Yes. Yep. A little ditty called Saloom. Yeah, we got uh, it's Saloom, which is uh, I kind of mentioned last time when I, I gave you the choices that uh, you know, I, I, I try to watch as many new to me horror movies as I can in October. And uh, this past October, this I thought this was one of the highlights. I thought this was uh, just a really cool kind of throwback to like action movies of the late nineties, early two thousands that had a lot of like genre shifts and uh, twists and turns in it. And yeah, yeah, I think I'm excited to talk about this one. I think, you know, I think I said it best earlier when I said that all this was missing was a trailer with Hey Man, Nice Shot cut into it. That was, was the other one. Click, boom. That was the other one. Click, 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 yeah. every I think, off. yeah. This was a little, this was, I don't know. Click, click, boom is always a little upbeat to me. Like this movie, before, I mean, before we really get into the nitty gritty, like, and look, listen, I'm going to invoke something here that I know I may come to regret. This movie okay. reminded me a lot of Demon Knight, the Tales from the Crypt movie. <laughs> Okay. I had some different reference points, but I, I, I can see that one. I definitely see that one now. I think the one that um, the director and the producer will get kind of into their story just in a moment, but um, they were very consciously trying to like evoke like a mood, but they wanted to like expunge all the, like their references. They wanted to try to push as many of the references aside as they possibly could and just kind of like concentrate on making this kind of movie that excited them. But then they would just both say like, well, except for like from Dust Till Dawn. If we, yeah, of course we're like referencing from Dust Till Dawn. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I think the other one I kind of thought of too is just as far as like uh, a movie that kind of had a similar vibe and like badass heroes and like has the genre shift kind of in the middle of it is uh, the 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 first Riddick movie, Pitch Black. That's because it's that's kind of hard okay. sci-fi before it becomes like a creature feature. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I can. I can see both of those. <laughs> uh, yeah, and we're this is the 
we've now covered our uh, after this movie our, our fourth continents and assuming I'm assuming Antarctica is not going to make any films in the near future. We just need to do like a South American film and a and a uh, Australian film. We'll, we'll we'll have them all. We'll be <laughs> we'll be <laughs> the, the of both run for the same thing. Yeah, we'll let the um, viewers decide who who succeeded more. This whole thing has just been a contest. Just <laughs> who's, who's who's zinger that's exactly the same length is the better. I mean, yeah, if nothing else, we gotta know. <laughs> um, I, I before I get into this one a little bit, this was one that um. It's always funny to me when I see these on Shutter. It's a Shutter original. It is not a Shutter original. Shutter just is the like where it lives on streaming. It's not like they put up the money for it or anything. Right. Like they didn't um, they didn't pony up to produce or anything like that or distribute. It's just this is where it is. Yeah, and I think that's um I I really I like the service a lot. Like I like yeah. that they kind of kind of champion a lot of these like movies that might not find a, a mainstream American audience that are like kind of festival midnight showing movies that, you know, would be kind of hard pressed to find their way out of the dustbins of the rental section of Amazon prime at some point. Right. I, like, I like that they put these front and center. Um, and I really like, like their catalog a lot. I like that they like shift stuff. And I say all this nice, nice stuff because they have maybe the most dog shit app for, for Android that I have ever experienced. I, I think <laughs> that's, streaming service. I think that's absolutely fair to say. Um, you're not the only person to have that experience. I've I've had experience with it being terrible on multiple different devices. Um, I I work with someone who is big into horror movies now. And she also complained about the Shutter app and cited it as one of the reasons that why she no longer has the service is because the app is so bad. So yeah, it's it's a real shame, and like it's 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 far down the chain, but it's owned by uh, like HBO Discovery. Yeah. So like I'm not real hopeful of the, the UI experience improving anytime in the near future. Like I'm, I'm actually more concerned about just like, well, how much, how much money could we get as a tax write-off if we just delete the entire app? <laughs> right. Yeah. That's unfortunately the, the sad reality of streaming services. Yeah. Um, but I just want to mention that cause they like, the, I, again, I appreciate that they put them out there, but A24 is kind of like this too. I know we had like an A24 talk before, but mm-hmm. they actually like, they make very little. They like, they find things that fit their aesthetic, yeah. which makes it all all the funnier when like the A24 logo comes up in a movie theater and people just start wildly applauding. It's like, you, they, they didn't, they just, <laughs> put it, it's not, they, they didn't make it. Also, they can't hear you. <laughs> it's, it's just because but. they cracked the code. That's all. <laughs> um, you you'd mentioned before too. This is this is from uh, a Senegal, and I just you know there's there's always the elephant in the room a little bit of like you know neither of us are uh, not middle aged white people from the Midwest. <laughs> That's true. I, I've tried. Um, it's just it's tough. It's tough to not be that. 
Um, I'd say like if you showed me a map of Africa and had like the list of country names on the side, I think I could correctly place like 12 of them, which I also think would put me like in the top two to three percent of white Americans. I, I, like, I was going to say, I, my, my number would not be anywhere near that. <laughs> there, I mean, there are definitely some I could get in there, but like, you know, see Egypt. <laughs> yeah. Well, but, one at the like, bottom. I bet that's South Africa. Yeah. <laughs> South Africa at the bottom for sure. <laughs> Um, but I don't yeah, see Zaire I, on here anywhere. Where's where's Zaire at? <laughs> like I, Senegal is a, is a name that I've heard, but like as far as having any clue what they're about, n- not even a little. Yeah, I mean for me too. Like it, I, it's one of the things I really love about like trying to find world horror and foreign horror is like it gives me a reason to do like wikipedia deep dives on like countries i'm fucking ignorant of <laughs> like right. maybe learning learning a little bit of the history turns out colonialism not great did you i don't know if you <laughs> you know that's an opinion i've seen bandied bandied around a few spots um i don't know i i'll have to research it honestly i can't just say yes or no on a subject yeah. that broad <laughs> i mean I, i'd say colonialism canceled but you know do your own research i guess yeah yeah, don't just listen to us. <laughs> um, but Sahel is on the uh, the western coast of Africa. It's kind of like the the middle of the the the, the jutting part out into the Atlantic Ocean. Okay. Um, that's where this that explains the all the water. <laughs> and like the title of the movie is Salum, and that's that's it's named after a real region in the area. Yeah. Um, and actually, one of the things I really kind of like about this is that um for as much as they kind of invent this like a mythology and like characters whole cloth the like the base thing that they end up getting involved with in this movie is like it's based on history and like the one of the characters is is a uh is a the bleaty uh shaman and he's that's you know he's he's doing stuff that is practiced in like western and central africa yeah. So it's uh, you know there's 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 the root in the culture um, as well. That's I I did made. wonder if the like the the mythology and folklore that is referenced in the movie is legit or if it was made up for the movie. Um, sure. I thought it was interesting either way. Yeah, it's the uh, I didn't didn't put think to put this down. Why would I? The uh, the 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 king that they reference that is uh, that had cursed the the land um that's that's a real bit um interesting so yeah it's uh so let's, let's get into this one a little bit let's talk about the uh the, the the filmmaker behind this is a uh he's congolese um and he uh jean-luc Herbolat, so one of you know these are a french-speaking country many of the mm-hmm. uh, countries in this this area are um moved to paris to study in france and uh, made some films and music videos, worked in video games, um, and found a partner, uh, Pamela Diop, who they um, wanted to start a production company that made uh, African-centered films because uh, 
I really haven't seen very a ton of Af- definitely not like a ton of African horror films. Um, what would be you saw was, you saw Black Panther. <laughs> I'm actually going to reference that because they they were talking about how um, a handful of African movies will get made each year and like go out to like the festival circuit and get like critical acclaim, but none of the audiences actually in these African countries would go see. Uh, would go see those movies. They would just go see Black Panther. Black Panther was the number one movie in Senegal for two years. So, um, <laughs> All right. which like dope movie. Like, don't, get, don't get me wrong. It's like you know pretty you know at least top ten MCU movie. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, they, they, they kind of they did talk about kind of wanting to make stuff in Africa for Africans to, to utilize the history of culture to not have it all be like sadness and despair, but also be informed by the actual history and culture. Um, and also really important that, uh, like our, our main central characters, these kind of like mythical superhero mercenary soldiers, the Bangi hyenas, um, are from different parts of Africa. They're they're It's like kind of a cross cross cultural thing too. It's this brotherhood, and they're wanting to kind of foster that uh, that sense of uh, you know be, being all in the African community together and not being pitted against each other. Yeah, like um, unity, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they they wanted to make these kind of movies. They the uh, uh, Pamela Diop is from Senegal and, and said like, Oh, let's, let's go for like a, go to the Saloon, which is this beautiful area. That's like uh river Delta and mangroves and just like, but a lot of different landscapes that kind of change. There's like desert, there's, there's forest, there's like all this different stuff along the, the river Delta um, and see if that kind of sparks something. And uh, when they got there, it was immediate like, Oh, well we have to make a movie here. Yeah. <laughs> I like a lot, everything else came kind of later. The idea of like the banky hyenas and stuff, it was just like, like, okay, you brought me here. Here's our location. Like, it's great. That's that's neat. I mean, it, visually, it's a it's a very, very cool looking area to have a film in. Yeah, it's, it's striking. And like, I, I think one thing, like, I, I I don't know if I how hard I have to sell you on just like the look of this movie because I think it for the for the budget it was made at. Yeah. This movie looks dope. Like it looks really good. <laughs> there, I mean, there are there are things that I could like nitpick and say, oh well, I mean, I could see that there's not a lot of budget behind this, but um, style covers up a lot of that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's got it's got modern CGI, which we've we've discussed like issues with modern CGI stuff, like on past episodes. I don't want to belabor that, but I think like as far as like how things are framed and how like the setting is used and like, just, just like, I think like a lot of the visual storytelling, like when, when we're introduced to the Bangi hyenas, you know who they are like right away. Like it is, it, it sets up those characters visually, mm-hmm. like within the first five minutes, you're like, okay, that's what we're working with. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really cool. Um, but again, I mentioned, uh, from dust till dawn as a reference point. So, you know, this, this podcast is always completely full of spoilers. <laughs> we go through the whole fucking movie. Yeah. Um, but th- I think this is one that like, if you can go in blind for, if you, if, if 
if you just go in and, and check it out and you don't know where it's going, it leads you in a lot of different directions before it kind of settles into what it is. I, I, I like that about it a lot, too. Yeah, um, I, I can see that. <laughs> I do like that, again, these are like, this is made by like movie nerds. So two of our uh, production title cards are uh, L Driver and Rumblefish. <laughs> you know, Transfer Coppola movie and the uh, the protagonist from Kill Bill. Right. <laughs> um, what do you think of the the use of like narration in this movie, like the the opening and ending? Did it take you out of that at all? Is that like, um, you know, I think it was fine for setting up the story. I I, I was just kind of flowing with it while while I was watching it this time. I'm just kind of yeah. I didn't know anything about it. Um, like you said, going into it completely blind. Um, I I liked the narration at the beginning. I don't think I noticed it really so much at, at the end. Um, but I I do remember it being like a like an end cap situation where they they opened it and then they shut it almost like it was kind of storybookish maybe. Yeah, that was um, because it's the same thing. It's the basically the, the it's the, the narrator saying that um, we say that revenge is like a river and that the it's uh, shaped by the like the the, the dugouts and the and, the, and the, the waters. The current is shaped by that and that revenge is like a river that uh, you you can't achieve it until you drown or whatever. Like it's right. Uh, this metaphor kind of opens and closes the, the thing out. So we, we get that idea that this is a revenge story, but that's, we don't really get there until halfway through the movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's also a, 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 a breezy hour and 20 minutes for, for how much story is packed into this thing. Mm-hmm. I, but I think I could have done with a little more exploration of some of the story. Um, because they do just kind of, br- they, I mean, they go right through it. <laughs> yeah, I, it, I would it, have liked it, some stuff expanded on a little bit. We'll get into like the unfortunate, like maybe they won't do the, the prequels to this movie that they, uh, were thinking about kind of when they get had a conception for it. But that's one of the things that the, the, the writer director also um, said is that he wanted to like create this like myth story and start, start at the end, basically like here's these mythological heroes. And this is like why they're not around anymore. <laughs> he wanted to start with the third act and like, just make reference to all the other stuff that had, that had come before. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a, uh, it's, Set in Senegal, so it's a lot of a lot of different languages that are spoken there. It's like the the mostly in French. It's got the the Wolof. They use like some sign language in there too. Um, yeah. But this opening, like I, I mentioned, that we get like this sense of character. It's it's three mercenaries who are moving through a. Uh, it's set in the early 2000s. The, there's a real revolution that they're uh, a coup that they're referencing that was in uh, Guinea-Bissau, which is just south of senegal um i think they do take a little liberties because it's referred to as a bloodless revolution with zero casualties but that's not what we, that's not what we see in this movie not at all 
<laughs> in in fact, the one one of the questions I had was, did these three dudes kill all these people, <laughs> or did they come in afterwards? I think they kind of say later on that they never kill civilians. That that's like, um, for as much as they're like, they're they're definitely positioned as antiheroes. I think especially Rafa, the 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 rascal of the bunch. Yeah. Um, but they're. Uh, I think they're kind of coming into this scene and extracting their person and like only killing the people that are kind of like in the way of their target. Um, I think everything else is kind of like what they're coming into. Um, But we're introduced to the, to the the three of them. Uh, They're all like cloaked. They all like, there's a lot of Western stuff in this too. Like a lot of ponchos and like, uh, you know, far away shots of somebody wandering through like the open plains um as uh rafa who's the who's the leader of the three um who's the the brains of the operation he's got the this the signature red kid leather gloves that he wears um we've got uh the uh minuets the uh papa minuet the their their uh Bwiti, uh spiritualist who uh, is using the what is the, this dust called? This is like the this is like a real uh, thing that they use in their rituals. Um, the uh, tabernacle was, was it? Was it baobab powder? Uh, tabernacle ibaga is the uh, I think is the the technical name for it, but it's yeah, it's like a um like a dissociative drug that like uh, kind of puts you outside of your body and it's used both as like a, it's used offensively by him, but it's also used in like rituals. Like he uses it like for good purposes later on or, or to be a Baracus. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And then there's uh Rafa who I mentioned before, who's kind of like the, the, the the muscle of the group who's got a lot a lot of swagger who's always like chopping on a cigarette got uh i, I mentioned rafa is the one who actually gets ba baracus but i think uh rafa is our like closest analog to a mr t type <laughs> it's yeah, yeah, sure. uh, a lot of style uh and and an attitude to, to, and, you know the, the skill to back it up because these are what we find out later is that this is not their first dance. They're like legends all through. Uh, I think they even kind of say at the beginning, the Bangi hyenas are like the myths that child soldiers tell around the campfires as they're smoking crack. Like these, That's these the figures who blow it. Go down. <laughs> um, but again, this like the reference to like the the nineties two thousands movies, like this plot where they've got they're extracting a drug dealer out to to get their fortune, and they've got their gold bars that's like half their payment. And they're gonna collect the rest when they get there. Like the shootout with the the soldiers as they're fleeing. Um, that's all kind of like our, our lead up to where they end up. They end up at this at this resort because they're they're their plane is uh gets hit it's they're losing fuel and they need to go down um like all the setup stuff like is this i know you kind of mentioned like hey man nice shot stuff but like i don't know like how was how was this stuff in for you like i i, I feel like i was just sort of like a breath of fresh air like oh 
a movie like a movie made like this. Um, I don't know. What, give me the question again. I'm just wondering, like, if this because like there's also like the propulsive soundtrack that's like going for the whole thing and like there's like that that very like again like um they don't have the specific re- reference but this feels very like robert rodriguez quentin tarantino like quick propulsive action that's like uh built a, a, a lot around style uh, and i'm just wondering if like in these opening bits like how that was working for you, how like the introduction, like if you felt like you had a good sense of character in place and the vibe the movie was trying to hit. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, like you, you have gone out and described it as like an homage to nineties action films. And it definitely, you feel that immediately, basically like they have, they have the open with the, um, like the narration and like the kind of the flashback with the the kid running into the river with the the, the chains on his wrist and the the gun in his other hand, which is a really striking visual. Um, and then we go into the we go into the city and it's these three mercenaries just being as professional as you could get. <laughs> like, cards, like yeah, this. they know their business. <laughs> They're executing at an extremely high level. Um, Yeah, I mean, this. I don't know that they could have hit the notes that they were aiming for better. Yeah. Um, But like where we spend the bulk of our movie is this this resort that they they end up in 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 the in the Delta. Um, uh, Chaka, the 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 leader, is the. he he said he like you know has some history here and he, he grew up around these parts so um he knows where they can get like supplies and they find out that the the plane was not shot it looks like somebody stabbed it uh so it was uh kind of the first of many mysteries they've still got their their uh their person that they're escorting with them who's upset that he's not already where he needs to be they got a contentious relationship with him yeah um and they end up in this resort where, uh, I, I mean, maybe like another reference point, like identity or something, where it's like everybody there, like you don't really know what's going on with them and you think you've got a handle on them. They introduce some other facet or fact about what's going on with these people. Uh, I mean, even just as soon as they, they get there and they're getting a friendly greeting from the guy who runs the place, Omar, uh, some of the guests come screaming out of the cabin for the night. <laughs> like, oh, we don't have, we, we, now we have vacancies. All right. So for me, I read that as they had the, they had the little meat on the beach. Um, he said they didn't have any rooms. It looked to me like the, the mercenary guys had a little like huddle for a second and one of them walked off while the other two followed Omar. And I think that the one that walked off who I think was the shaman guy did something yeah. to scoop those dudes out of the cabin. Blew <laughs> some dust in their face. Yeah, I mean I don't I don't know what it was, but I, I that was my read on it was that they uh, they made vacancies. <laughs> um, but they kind of talk a little bit about their their like system of payment there because you don't you don't pay to stay at this resort you do work to stay at the resort and uh, like 
Rafa finds that out after he's already drunk at the bar that the the, the payment for drinking alcohol is to clean the bar. Uh, Which he, is, to be honest, he, he was told to let uh, Chaka do the talking. I just really like again, like I feel like this is such a like throwback that when they get there and they go to the di- the dinner and they start introducing themselves and they've got their cover identities as gold miners, like escorting um, you know, the, like a foreman to the to the site or something, that they give their their fake names and their names flash up on the screen again with the with the line through it and the fake name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Pretty pretty sweet, but I, I mentioned that they have to they have to be a Baracus uh, Chaka. They they have to get there via boat and they have to like knock him out because we find out later on he's he's afraid of the water. Yeah, um, they've already done that with their their uh, the person that they're escorting just because he's he's annoying and he's like <laughs> nerves and you know uh, making making kind of empty threats. Um, but there's. There's the other guests that are there. Um, there's a an, an, an artist couple, the, the Stevie Nicks and, and Lindsay Buckingham of, of uh, West <laughs> Africa, this former couple that's now on the outs, only creative collaborators, uh, Yunus right. and Sephora, um, who Rafa refers to uh, him at one point. So he's, a, he's a musician as, as our camp's Tupac. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, there's uh, Awa, who's uh, a deaf mute uh, woman, young woman who's who's, who's at the camp, um, and uh, that are two people that like work at the camp. There's Omar, and he's got uh, his uh, his helper that we kind of find out a little bit later, Salamane. Uh, and uh, what do you know? There's a there's a special guest who shows up at that first dinner. Um, the, 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 the captain of the police, uh, <laughs> so th- that dinner, like that they come to, that's kind of like our first, like big tent scene where there's a lot of stuff going on. And like, there's more of a sense of like mystery and, and, and kind of, uh, different agendas on the table. I'm, I'm curious how this, how this all played out for you too. This, uh, we, we find out our, uh, through sign language is communicating with Chaka that she she knows who they are and <laughs> she knows that they're with a criminal right. and <laughs> I mean this this bit was was a, it struck me as very Tarantino like and they they wanted this to be a dialogue heavy you know back and forth uh, talking uh, piece and um, I don't know I think it I think again it it hits the vibes that it's trying to hit. <laughs> yeah. And like they're making reference to like, I, I think it's kind of cool. Like, um, you know, we, we also kind of find out like how, how Chaka's brain works too. Cause he's coming up with like this cover story on the fly. And also like, we know he's, he's quoting uh, who, who Omar says is uh, Thomas Sankara. Again, Cool that I got to like look this up and find it out. He's the uh, former president of Burkina Faso. He's like the one of the first socialist presidents in Africa. So right. like no, knows his stuff, knows his like <laughs> his his revolutionary uh, speech to impress the the this guy who uh, is running this camp. Just a normal normal uh, resort owner. <laughs> Omar. 
Yeah, they, they, we have like a little bit of a confrontation I, after the dinner. I was uh, trying to, you know, basically kind of get let in to the to the uh, the bangy honey as she wants. We don't know like a lot of her backstory. We just know she's like knows who they are and she's on the run, and that it's because in Africa she's like news travels faster than a bullet. So. Quick. Um, <laughs> Um, the, the next bit of this is when they get paired up for their chores. So we get like these interesting pairings of people going out who have to work on something together, um, to support the camp. And there's really kind of like, I think four main ones here. Is there one that like you want to talk about more than any other ones? One that kind of struck you or like in retrospect seemed more important or, um, I mean, the people that went to the village to deliver supplies, I mean, that that seemed to be more important than the other ones that happened. Uh, I'm not really sure what the point of shooting poachers in the butt with BB guns had to do with anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's um, I think more of that is about Omar and Chaka having their dialogue because um, Chaka has like said that he also like has let Omar know that he's like from the camp and Omar is like, Oh, I don't, I don't know who you are. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, well, he's just from that like exact area. Yeah. Um, but yes, uh, uh, Papa Minuets and the, uh, like the helper guy go to a local village, uh, to pay them for like some like work that they do to help at the resort. It's, it's a ways away, but there's figures kind of darting in and darting out in the background. Um, and I think more importantly is that they see that the, the people who are coming to take their, their offerings, their food, um, all, all their ears are, are mutilated. They're like, it looks like they've burned their ears shut. Yeah. They're scarred <laughs> over. Yeah. 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 Um, but you had mentioned like Omar and Chaka, their, their job is they're going out and I think, I forget how he refers to it, but Omar's kind of calls it something like, like Delta fishing or something. It's like, Oh, we've got the most fun job. Um, and they're fishermen who are like going and disturbing the ecosystem and fishing with dynamite, um, which I think ties in pretty well to like them getting those poachers away. Once you figure out what Omar's whole deal is like, uh, makes some sense that <laughs> they don't want these folks poking around and destroying this area. Um, but they have a conversation. They have that conversation talking about like um, both being military and both like wh- where they, where they've served. And right, uh, right. yeah, I think, I think that's uh, the, the thing there that especially once we kind of get to like the, the, the twist coming up is that, uh, Omar talks about how like it's like oh what did the military do for you he's like well now I'm an expert tour guide and uh Chaka says well he's an expert logistic uh, logistician <laughs> so um <laughs> uh I, I think that's that's kind of a little bit of clever foreshadowing for what ends up going uh Rafa and Awa go out and they're they're like um what are they, they're going they're going for birds they're, they're <laughs> looking at birds and out on, on the river but it's, it's just a little bit more of that establishment of of character which i think is good it's a short movie and i think it does a lot 
in that short runtime. Um, mm-hmm. I do like Rafa's, uh, well, first of all, that like first that, that sign language conversation at dinner is just between Chaka and her. And then you find out that like, no, they all know the same thing. It should have been Rafa's like communicating back with her. And, oh, even gorillas can speak. Um, but then he asks like, Oh, you want to run away with the devil? It's like this, this like importance of like establishing themselves as being like hard and bad guys and, and her kind of pushing back a little bit. Like, no, y'all don't like kill civilians. You're like, right. I, I do want to go with you. <laughs> it's like, maybe, maybe they do um, like bend rules or break rules, but it seems like the only jobs they take are ones that are positive. <laughs> Yeah, where they're on, you know, the either neutral or on, on the the slightly morally more correct side yeah. of a conflict. Um, the fourth one here is that uh, there's a brief scene with uh, the cat, the police captain, and the uh, the, the the escaping uh, drug cartel guy, um, where you basically find out that the, the captain who they kind of assumed was ignorant because he said he was just there to drink and have fun, like does know what's going on. And he's like making moves to, to capture the hyenas and just is, is getting uh, Felix, this guy to play along with him right? and kind of making some like threats about like the, the endurance of the people. And uh, I don't know. It's, it, I think it worked pretty well for me. Like, I think it, uh, it kind of helps obfuscate a little bit like what's going to end up happening because uh this uh this next bit they go back and they have their like recollection of what's happened during the day yeah. and uh things things turn up a notch <laughs> yeah it, it's like they, you have this you have this setup where it seems like oh we're gonna have police versus the mercenaries and then that's just to escalate uh to, to like move the plot forward to the point where stuff actually breaks down <laughs> and kind of uh, goes off the rails yeah because chaka who's been having you mentioned earlier the the pre-credits where you see the the, the child going into the river with the shackles and the, and the gun um he's had some like dreams and visions where it's like kind of the, the same thing and he's waking up like in a cold sweat um and he just kind of plainly states for like everybody at the table that Omar's not who he pretends to be, that he was uh, formerly known as Colonel Remington. And he was uh, used used child soldiers in, in more ways than one that he like uh, both like imprisoned and like sexually assaulted them. And that that mm-hmm. uh, Chaka takes off those red gloves he's wearing. and He's got the, the R's burned into his hands. And that the gun that he's been using this whole time is is the gun that he stole when he escaped, and just uh, gets the blasting. <laughs> yeah, well, like it was a it was a Winchester pistol, I think. I think it's, I think it's the Remington. Right? Remington, that's, Remington, that's, yeah, it's because yeah, it's Colonel Remington. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, Sorry. and it's I, I like too, like they when he starts like shooting them, that's like he's walking past the pillar, and it cuts to um like the child version of him pulling the trigger mm-hmm. too. And killing him off. Um, and as this is like, this chaos is breaking, breaking down and people are running around and the, his, the, the hyenas are getting upset that they, they didn't know about this plan. Like the Papa Minuet kind of knew 
knew something was up. Yeah. That, that there was like uh, more to what was going on than Chaka was telling them. Um, the 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 helper <laughs> comes out and is like, oh you, no, you fucked up real bad. <laughs> you should have killed that guy. Because this is where it becomes a movie that we would watch on this show. <laughs> this right. is where it makes the turn into being a horror movie. Um, that uh, the first the first person who gets got by the thing that apparently Omar was uh, was keeping at bay was the had made the deal with um, is is Felix the uh, the guy they're they're escorting who stumbles back into the scene blood gurgling from his mouth and it obviously not in the best of shape <laughs> and uh everybody flees into uh the 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 house because they start to see like what like the creatures in this movie it's like like almost like a plague of locusts that take a human shape <laughs> and are kind of on fire <laughs> <laughs> um they they hide and we, we find out like I reference pitch black uh these monsters kind of have a like a sort of a gimmick too they're uh they assault your senses in the first way that they get into you and they take they take over and kill you is they assault your hearing so our uh all of a sudden our our, our deaf mute awa uh you know is has has a a, a weapon against them otherwise they have just headphones <laughs> they can they can put on to block out stuff uh i do really like the the cabins are like well we're safe in the cabins we've got the lights we've got the electromagnets and the, and just all the power <laughs> i mean yeah that i the, you walked right into that one <laughs> you can't say thank goodness for all this electricity <laughs> i think like the the uh this these like spirits these vengeful Spirits that are being kept at bay. They pulled the Jason Voorhees. They have me change the the cork out of the power box. They're not dumb. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is where it gets like it kind of just turns into this action horror movie, like with uh, as they're kind of popping from one place to the next and and fighting their way out, and they they know that the supplies they need are actually like in the village, and they need to like split up and. Some of some of the crew go into the village and some of them stay behind. Um, yeah, yeah I, mean, I don't know. I'm 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 curious where like I'm sure you knew we were watching this movie for a reason. <laughs> there there was going to be some horror element in it. It's on Shutter. Um, but I, yeah, I don't know. How did the how did the stuff land for you? How did the the idea of the creatures and the mythology and the the just the 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 sequences here, the, the pitch blackness of it all. I mean, we talked earlier about how I wasn't certain if the mythology and, and folklore aspect of it was um, real or if it was made up for the movie. Uh, I thought it was, I, I liked the, I liked the idea of it being legitimately based upon like local uh, history and mythology. Um I, yeah, maybe I would have wished for a little more establishment of that, but that could just be also me not being familiar with, you know, the area. Yeah, again, they, they kind of make reference to the fact that it's 
cool that like I didn't know about this and this this uh, king that they're referencing. It's that there's a curse that was placed on the area by the king Ghana Sirabana, who's um, had cursed the land because he was betrayed by his people. Um, and that's what what's attacking them is these like it's like the vengeful spirits that have cursed the land. Um, they even they kind of make reference at one point to an entity that uh, we we don't really see that central entity, but um, I don't know. That's maybe the the, the Lovecraftianness of it a little bit. The, yeah, <laughs> that there's something else that that Omar had come into contact with, and like he was getting something out of it. And I, I think you kind of know what he's getting later on, which is like again ties into the the Chaka backstory. Um, because they they split up, they go to get their supplies, and I, I think a lot of this action is like filmed pretty well. Even though like, the C, the CGI again, like not my favorite, but I think for the budget, it, it looks pretty good, and the idea is good enough. And like I like that it's like there's the the floatiness of the creatures, but that they have to like when they attack you, when they're gonna attack your senses, they kind of have to condense into a shape and you can actually fight them <laughs> yeah um I, this is a this is a spot where it kind of reminded me i know i said earlier of demon knight but this is a spot where it reminded me of another movie um one that we've actually watched on the show of captain chronos where it's it's a lot of you can see the bones of a really cool idea even yeah, if I like think that's it's let down a little bit by the execution or the the budget. I'm, I'm not sure which way I would lean there, but um, st- like I said, style passes a lot of stuff. <laughs> and I think similarly to Captain Kronos, it's like we're kind of coming into like an, it's the first movie that assumes that we know or, or at least catch, catching us up to speed with some like mythology and some characters that are like being established kind of backwards that we're kind of, we're coming in. We're not seeing the yeah. Captain Cronus origin story or the, the bangy hyenas origin story. We're seeing like the middle or the end with, with, with both those stories going on. And like, I, I, there's, I, I like that there's the, um, there's kind of the magic already baked into it with, with Papa Minuet that he's like, because the spiritualism stuff in it is like they believe in it and it, it works is like his powder works is like he puts people into trances. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's, but this is something kind of like huger and darker that they, that they've ever experienced before. And that's like set into motion to this revenge plot by that. He didn't communicate with his brothers before he, he plunged them into it. Cause you find out right. he, he sabotaged the plane. Yeah, yeah. That, but, I mean, they 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 flat out call him on as like the you stabbed it, you sabotaged it, you're you're the reason we're here. And he's he's like, well, you wouldn't have come if I'd asked. So, <laughs> but again, like I think it's kind of cool that they do the um, they're pissed, but they they like once they find out like, oh, that guy did this to you, they're like, they're they're back on the same page again pretty yeah. quickly. <laughs> he got your back. <laughs> <laughs> This is something um, needs to be addressed. Yeah. So uh, back at the camp, you got like the the artists and Papa Minuets, um, and uh, I 
in uh, I think Awa's back there too. Um, and then in the village, you have uh, Rafa and Suleiman and Salman and, and Chaka. Um, they go to get the supplies and they stumble upon uh, a room much like the one that we find out Chaka had escaped from, that there's children being uh, used as like sacrifice and given what we know about Omar, probably being used for other things. I, was um, saying, I think they're, they're referred to explicitly as currency. <laughs> Yes, yeah. Um, that and they they end up taking like the 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 helper. <laughs> they end up driving by and the, the helper see them down and and Suleiman gets got by the monsters. But I I really like a lot how a lot of this stuff's filmed too, where they're like they're they're taking advantage of their like their sign language and their like their their mercenary skills and they're like taking flanks and points and running in and like like hiding from the the monsters and luring them out and like Chaka's got the 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 chance to the monsters attack both Rafa and Suleiman at the same time and he's just like oh well Rafa's got this so <laughs> help this yeah. give shit <laughs> I think like another thing that just establishes it too is the, as the brains that I really enjoyed is that like Suleiman's like oh my my men are moving into position he's just like Nah, I went out last night and paid off your man. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Had a big block of gold. <laughs> those, are, those are the most well-paid police officers in Senegal at this point. <laughs> right. They're not here. Um, but, like, back at the camp, uh, our, our, our artist folks get got. We, we know that they, like, they can attack multiple senses. And, like, the, 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 the one artist woman, her, like, eyes are attacked. She's blinded. Um, so we know that, you know, I was safer maybe than the rest, but she's still, she's still on the table. Um, and when the, when the other guys come back, they find, uh, Papa Minuet has, has, has gathered the, the spirits and they're like swirling above them. I, I, I think this is kind of one of the cooler moments of this movie. I think this is a pretty fucking cool visual. I think Papa Minuet just in general is like a cool visual. I no, I I agree. Like he he definitely like he looks like a shadow runner. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. He's got like the long white dreads. He's like older than the rest of them, but just looks like a total stone badass. Hard like, from mahogany, just a gnarled piece of wood. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. He he's a cool looking character for sure. I I wish we would have seen more of like what he was and what he can do. I think I think yeah. for how cool he is, he's he's cool more in my imagination than in what we actually get to see. Yeah, and I, I don't know. There's a part of me that kind of likes that in movies. I think like I, I so the 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 tragedy here is that like pretty soon after this movie came out, this actor passed away. Yeah, uh, mentor Ba. Um, because I think it would have been like really cool to do like flashback origin stories and just show like maybe maybe they haven't run into anything this crazy before but they'd run into like some other weird horror or supernatural situation or like um yeah. have these like tales of the bungi hyenas this, um, is, this is one of those things where like i both like and dislike is with, with all the scenes that he's in he's doing things and I like that they're just showing him doing things that he would do for for the group, like 
like it's routine. Like he does like a medical checkup over one guy at some point. Um, yeah. But you never get a sense of like the scope of what his powers are, like what what he can do. It's just like they tell you or they show you that he's important, but they don't tell you why. Yeah. I, I, again, I think part of that also might be a little bit more cultural where like and this this is very much intended to be the uh, an African movie for Africans. Yeah. Like I think I, I think maybe much like if there was an American movie with a mercenary team and, and one of them was like an exorcist or something like we would kind of know a little bit more about like what that means than than an audience that wasn't familiar with, with that. I think that's like, again, for this audience, like I I think a a, a weedy spiritual man is like, a lot of that, that's what this means because that's a real like practiced religion. It's it's a thing. (laughs) You probably know what he does. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. It's hard with a, with a movie that's so far removed from what I know to to really get at what is intentionally left out and what is just um like a flaw in the That's filmmaking. It. Yeah. Um but yeah they they uh they're all kind of swirling above him. He's like in lotus pose just communicating like all right together to the end like I got him I got him uh calm down right now but this is the end for me. And then they both put the the, the guns to his chest and, and blast him in the heart and mm-hmm. tell him goodbye. Um, yeah. yeah I, one like, thing I thought they did really successfully was, was making me believe that these three guys gave a shit about each other, like a lot. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's definitely that sense of camaraderie and brotherhood. I think part of that was also that they, um, they they filmed this movie like at the actual resort and like that's where all the cast and crew was like actually staying so when they would film scenes like in a room the the people that were staying in that room would have to get out and they'd have to do the set dressing and like come back in so it was like very close quarters for a while like they were very yeah uh, again like I, I think that's kind of the spirit that i i like so much about some of these movies that we watch that are um you know, it doesn't have to be like a, a Senegalese movie. It could be like a, a movie made by by kids in in Michigan going to the woods in Tennessee. But just that, like, let's put on a show, like <laughs> attitude. It's like it's not as wrapped up in the politics of Hollywood filmmaking. And um, you know, a, a you know, we reference that MCU a lot. But like, I think one of the things that's just always kind of like heartrending about those it's like the director directors for those movies show up and it's like well we already made the ending so you've got a here's what here's what all the cgi looks like there's gonna be a blue portal in the sky you just got to get the movie to here yeah <laughs> <laughs> and i think this is a lot more like handcrafted and 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 fun for that um they 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 flee to the water chuck is able to barely get onto the boat and as uh, is, is kind of paralyzed, but we have our, our end cap narration come back that, that revenge is like a river. You don't, you don't get to escape. So the, the corpse of Omar comes back and attacks Rafa, but Chaka saves him, but falls into the water. And that's kind of the end, the end of our movie. We just got, we got the two survivors. We got Chaka and or Rafa and Awa uh, heading off. So there's, there's, I don't know. There's, 
maybe a, a new bangy hyenas movie <laughs> still still possible if we just you know if it's just those two going forward but um and i need three they, they, <laughs> uh yeah unfortunately the actors passed away but i would almost say like you just have pop, pop a menu and it's like do the beer fest <laughs> you just have this, this twin brother, His brother shows up <laughs> It's exactly the same. Is it okay if we just call you Papa Minua? Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> the best part about that movie. <laughs> um, yeah, that's 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 uh that's Salum. I'm uh, curious what you what you think about. Are we ready to give sales floor? Is there anything else that that's stood I out? Think, and I, I think sales floor is fine to go to. Um, I don't have okay. anything else uh, insightful to add to this at this point. <laughs> um i do want to mention give like the shout out uh because the i think the music in this is pretty pretty damn good too um it's the the, the artist is called rex cider and it's just a very like um i don't know like very neo-western it's like it's like if if the good had the ugly was made like by uh you know with the, the any morricone had made that with uh <laughs> some dubstep or something it's like very uh <laughs> it's 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 just kind of a, a cool percussive and uh innovative and it's, it's i don't know like i know you always think like <laughs> the soundtrack fades into the background but i i feel like it calls attention to itself especially like earlier in the movie i think there's some really cool like what's kind of setting that western tone i would say that i don't have any anything specific to say about the soundtrack um but I think the best thing I could say about the movie as a whole is that if you knew what this movie was going into it, it looks and sounds exactly like you would want it to. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I've been kind of making the sales pitch on this one for the whole time, but I think that, that again, I, I just... I appreciate shitty user interface aside that, that Shudder and, like, just kind of... Um, the the resurgence in popularity of horror has made this type of film available because so i think it's um really cool to see what um you know film nerds from cameroon and congo and and senegal um can do with like you know a, a little bit of a budget and like this is you know i think Ch- chanel or whatever that the french like public funding for films like kick some money into this um but just that it it serves as a window for someone like me that's never left the country before to like see the rest of the world and to see like sort of the values and and reflections back it's also like kind of taking these Hollywood movies and like remixing them and kind of doing their own right. thing with them. It's like just viewing them through a different lens, basically. <laughs> yeah. And I, um, I, I think, uh, just for that, for an hour and 20 minute runtime, it feels like there's so much world in this movie. I know, like you'd said, like you kind of wanted like stuff to expand it. I kind of do too, but I also like, I appreciate the feeling of like, man, you left, you left me wanting more. Like, you left right. me wanting, like... Okay, so so here's another movie that it reminds me of. It Just in that regard right there, you just, just pricked something in my mind here. Uh, the original John Wick. How they give you just enough of the assassin underground world to, to, like, want to know more about it. 
and then they kind of go a little too far with it in the the sequels. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, no, I wanted more, but not like this. And that's not to say that I didn't enjoy those movies, but the first movie had a little bit of mystique and magic to it, where you're like, oh, I could definitely, I could definitely use some more of this. <laughs> there's, there's a suggestion of what's going on that's almost that lets you fill in the blanks in your head. Yeah. I think that's a that's a delicate line to walk because I think it could also just. It could backfire if you don't do it well enough and just come right. off as la- it's like lingerie filmmaking. Yeah, <laughs> but I think this is a really good version of that. I like I I so when I do my like new horror movies to me in October and I go through, I feel like sometimes by the end of it, like it, it doesn't necessarily feel like a chore, but it feels like oh man, like. I started off really strong, but I've fallen behind and now I have to catch up. And I like, I find myself like getting a little numbed. I kind of watched this one towards the end of that run. And it was like, it kind of pulled me out of that and shook me awake a little bit. It like put down your phone motherfucker and look at me. <laughs> no, I can, <laughs> I can trying... see that. And I know I'm saying that a lot, but I can see that. Um, it's cool. definitely got, it's got a little bit of, yeah, you can see where the influences are coming from, but you can also see where they've got their own unique stuff going on too. Yeah, and even if they're, you know, they're saying they they don't want to have their influences, and you can still see their influences. I think you can also see that they have that idea of like we want to create something unique, we want to create something new. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, uh, I I kick it over to you. Let's uh, let's let's hear the verdict. Yay or nay. On, uh, on sale. Move on. <laughs> awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed this. I, I, I kind of figured this was a safe one just because I think uh, we watched a lot. We worked at Blockbuster and watched a lot of movies like this. Like this is like kind sure of did. right in our wheelhouse. Yeah, I think I think what really what really sticks with me the most is not so much that it reminds me of a lot of other like nineties action sort of films or nineties movies in general um, is I think the captain Kronos of it really kind of sticks out to me where you've got a lot of cool stuff here and you can see where it could be expanded upon and, and really kind of fleshed out and made bigger, better, badder, all that stuff. Um, yeah. I, I'm, it's not. I don't think in the same. It's not on the same level as I thought Captain Kronos was, but um, just it's got a lot of that that heart, <laughs> that underdog spirit in it. But again, like I, not to you know necessarily put them like on the on the same level or whatever, but I I think that just in my mind, like Captain Kronos coming out of like a movie studio that has like. 20 years of tradition and yeah, they're trying something new, but they've got like, yeah, they've got house people and they've got production equipment and they've gotten this. And like for this to be like the first movie of this production company and already be like, so assured, like, right. I, I, I'm excited to see what they do next. Like it's, it's, I think, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that's pretty, it's a cool feeling to feel like there's just this, wellspring of, right, just, of creativity like somewhere in the world and, like until they prove it wrong you just have unlimited potential <laughs> all right let's uh 
let's 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 move on to the I guess so I guess maybe before we move on to the business stuff, I don't know if you want to have if you have a recommendation. I maybe have like a qualified or almost even anti recommendation. All right. Uh, recommendations, recommendations. Uh, I have been reading a lot. I read a book called Gideon the Ninth a couple years ago, and then I reread it again earlier this year um, to kind of <laughs> get myself back into the flow of what the story is before I read the the second and third and eventually fourth books in the series. Um, I can wholeheartedly recommend Gideon the Ninth. Um, I, I, I love that book. The next two are a bit tougher to sell. If you're really into the world and you. It's still phenomenal. I love the way that Tamsin Muir writes. Um, just the, the the language that she uses and the the imagery she evokes is just, I think, just something that I haven't really seen before, but it does crawl all the way up its butt in the second book. <laughs> I actually did like start reading uh, that one because I bought it years ago off, off your recommendation. So yeah. I'm, I'm enjoying the like 20 pages into it <laughs> so far, but yeah. that's, that's cool that you were recommending it as I'm just kind of starting it. Um, yeah, it's good. <laughs> My my recommendation for uh, a thing that is enjoyable, but maybe how I interact with it is not as I like. I don't want to get into it too much, but I had like some like bummer news recently, like pretty uh, like kind of knocked the, the wind out of my sails a little bit, and uh, that coincided with me also deciding to download uh, a Civilization game. I was playing Civilization Six. Yeah, it's a it's a phenomenal series and a phenomenal uh, game. Uh, not something I recommend if you're prone to depression, because you will you will just spiral down into that. <laughs> yeah, it, it feels like something you could just sink into. It's a it's a swamp of sadness of a game, really. <laughs> it's a uh, you know, if for folks who are unfamiliar with it, you like you're you're building a civilization from ancient times through modern times, and you kind of win the game by like either scientific military or cultural superiority um you manage your cities and your your research and all that stuff but um it may be more than any other game i've ever played it, it there's like the just one more turn like oh i just started building this thing and when i once i build that i'm gonna get access to this oh right. my god the, the the french attacked me those motherfuckers <laughs> this will not stand <laughs> i can't go to sleep until they're wiped off the map <laughs> Yeah. No, I, I can see but, how how that would be a sinkhole of a game to get into if you're in a bad spot. Great. <laughs> right, uh, let's do our business stuff. We 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 do have our. Uh, well, I guess before business, we got our our crispy in our next time. But um, uh, crispy on this one, I feel like this is hard because I feel like I, it's it's between the the hyenas, right? Like there's other people are fine in this, but like. Come on, like what's the most memorable thing about this movie? It's it's yeah, it's the, the main characters are are the characters. <laughs> Everyone else is just they're the movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I I want to shout out all three of them, but I think if you like, if you press me too, I already kind of mentioned him. Uh, uh, mentor besides Papa Minuet. I I feel like just every time that dude was on screen, I was just like, 
you know, it's it, the, the the Simpsons joke when the Yakuza attacks and there's the the one guy who hasn't done anything yet. I, just see what I went to the do. same. I went to the same place immediately. <laughs> What's this guy's deal? What's he gonna do? He's gonna do something cool. I know. But I also want to shout out the other two. Uh, the, the actor who plays Chaka is also in um, the Netflix show 1899. That was from the people who made uh, Dark, the, the the German show. Uh, oh, Jan yeah, yeah. Gale um, and Roger Sala as well. I don't know what else he's really done, but I I, I think all, all three of them just play off each other and like in really fun, interesting ways in this. But uh, so only, only one winner, Mentor Ba. He gets a he gets the posthumous crispy. Um, Deserved. So let's let's talk a little bit about next time. Um, so for our next episode, uh, I'm actually be going to go see a. Uh, a podcast recording movie screening uh, with, with friend of the show, Jennifer Fett tonight. And uh, she's mentioned to me a few times, like, Oh, if you guys ever do movie X, Y, or Z, like uh, I, I would love to be on the show and cover that. So we're going to do kind of a, a, of a Jen's choice. Uh, I'm going to put some movies out there and we'll let you uh, pick between four of them. You ready, ready for that? I'm ready for it. Okay. Um, well, five, because first up, it's not on our list, but Possessor. Anytime I'm offering a choice, <laughs> Possessor. All right, all right next. <laughs> got all these notes. Um, next, we've got uh, maybe the other cornerstone, other than like Hereditary, of uh, the 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 A24 uh, elevated horror uh, resurgence. We've got David Eggers' The Vivitch. Uh, yeah. The, this, the, I don't know how much you know about that one, or if you've seen it, but the uh, I, I know it's two V's. <laughs> <laughs> and it's during Pilgrim times. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, yeah, uh, a fun, stylish kind of an early role for Anya Taylor Joy, and pretty, pretty, pretty. I, I don't know. Fun might be the wrong word, but uh, a cool experience to see All it right. and, and experience it. Um, next, we got like. Again, another like early elevated horror kind of uh, masterpiece. This time from uh, from New Zealand, we've got uh, gay icon the Babadook. Uh, so if we, if we wanted to watch Baba Babadook, uh, right. we, could, we could do that. Um, next, we've got uh, from the director of our I think our favorite segment from uh, the the. the the anthology film we did and now it's just absolutely leaving my my brain the southbound uh david bruckner who made the um the hospital segment also made the uh the hellraiser reboot that just came out um he has a film on netflix that's pretty sweet called the ritual um don't want to like get into too much spoilery stuff on that but if if you enjoyed that segment and uh kind of want want to have more of a uh you know uh, cultish in the woods type one. That's uh, that's a pretty pretty fun choice. I've, I've seen the trailer. Then, for that, uh, one. that one does look interesting. Yeah, and then uh, number four, uh, we could go back to Carpenter Town and we could do uh, his the the uh, middle of his uh, apocalypse trilogy. We could do Prince of Darkness. Oh, I thought you were going to say Ghosts of Mars. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there eventually. One one day. <laughs> One day, uh, Duke me. We're Baba Baba Duke in it. Baba Duke in it. 
All right. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a cool one. I'm glad to, glad to be covering it. It's one that's, you know, was on the, on the OG list. So. This, is, this is one that has been on my radar for a while. Um, kind of one that just kind of percolated up through whatever streams I have. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it just never, never got a chance to actually sit down and watch it. Cause why would I? <laughs> yeah, no, I like, look forward to it. So we're, we'll do the, the Babadook next time. And maybe, maybe if we like set out the candles, we can, we can summon uh, Jennifer to, to appear on that, on that show with us. No promises yet, but uh, be, be fun to have her on for like the, the Jennifer's choice. Episode. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> She said she wanted to do it. <laughs> Put her in her death test. Yes, yeah. um, yeah, so let's let's uh, now we'll do the actual business stuff. Uh, if you if you want to reach out to us, the, the Facebook group that's going to be the only thing I'm recommending these days. That's uh, the less egregious, terrible billionaire. I guess <laughs> we'll use that platform. But their groups their groups functions fine. That's we post the movies on there. We post some dumb stuff on there come come join our group but if you're not uh robot we'll let you in. um and uh if you could please uh rate and review us on the the podcatcher of your choice that you use if you've you could do it on spotify or itunes it helps us the most it drives the most traffic and this uh man this always constantly updating this ios agreement for what they want you to do with the <laughs> and it does see, say here that they uh, just just go get some revenge on your enemies first. That that, that always goes well. So yeah, I, I just, can't think just, of any sort of saying that would countermand that. Yeah, it's uh, revenge is like a river. Real fun. Yep, that's it. Yep, full stop. <laughs> but, uh, like yeah, a lazy river. <laughs> Join us for the Babadook. Bye-bye. Bye.